Towards Wednesday, May the 19th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, bombing of Gaza intensifies and India delays vaccine exports. First, the world in brief. Fighting between Israeli forces and Palestinian militants showed no sign of abating. Israel's bombing of Gaza intensified despite international calls for a ceasefire, including one from Joe Biden, America's president. Two Thai workers were killed by a barrage of rockets in southern Israel. Israel shut two corridors for humanitarian aid into Gaza. Meanwhile, Palestinians and Arab Israelis held a general strike protesting against Israeli bombardment. Adar Poonawala, head of the Serum Institute of India, announced that the world's largest vaccine maker would extend its delay in exporting doses of COVID-19 vaccines until the end of the year. Quote, We have never exported vaccines at the cost of the people in India, he said. More than 25 million people in India are estimated to be infected with COVID-19. Bank of America said it planned to raise the minimum wage for its American workers to $25 an hour by 2025. According to the bank, its base pay will have increased by more than 121% since 2010. The federal minimum wage is currently $7.25. Several other American companies, including Chipotle, McDonald's and Walmart, are lifting hourly wages in the hope of attracting job seekers. Walmart, America's biggest retailer, recorded strong first quarter sales, beating analysis forecasts. Total revenue was $138 billion, an increase of 2.7% year on year. Consumer spending was boosted by America's stimulus program. But Walmart sales rose more slowly than earlier in the pandemic, suggesting that shoppers are moving away from big box stores as coronavirus restrictions ease. Spain deployed troops to patrol the border of Ceuta, one of its North African enclaves. Nearly 8,000 migrants had arrived in just two days, swimming or wading around a fence which juts into the sea. Around half had been sent back to Morocco. The surge in arrivals comes amid increased tension over Western Sahara. Spain, the former colonial overlord, does not recognise Morocco's claim to the territory. Officials in Belarus raided the country's largest independent online news service, Tutbai, and took down its website. It is the latest sign of a renewed crackdown on dissent since Alexander Lukashenko declared himself president after last year's disputed election. The Belarusian authorities claimed they were investigating Tutbai for tax evasion. Opponents of the regime said the raid was politically motivated. The Trump organization now faces two criminal investigations in New York. A criminal component has been added to a civil investigation undertaken by New York State's Attorney General into whether the former president's company falsely reported property values to secure loans. And the Manhattan District Attorney's Office has been investigating alleged quote criminal conduct at Donald Trump's firm since last year. Fact of the day. In the OECD, a club of mostly rich countries, the average government spends 2.1% of GDP on benefits such as child allowances and family leave. In America, it is just 0.6%. And editor's note. We recently introduced two new items to Espresso, a fact of the day and, on Saturdays, a mini profile of a figure in the news. We would like to hear your opinions of these, good or bad. Tell us what you think by writing to Adam Roberts at editor-espresso at economist.com. And now, here's today's agenda. Size matters. The streaming wars intensify. 
This week has been a good one for investment bankers specialising in media industry mergers. On Monday, AT&T confirmed it will spin off Warner Media and combine it with Discovery to create a new streaming behemoth, which will become the world's second largest media group by revenue after Disney. Then, on Tuesday, Amazon was reported to have offered about $9 billion to buy Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, a film studio behind blockbusters such as the James Bond series. Why do streaming services feel the need to consolidate? Deep pockets are needed to win a continuing battle for market share. AT&T, an American telecoms and media giant with big debts, did not have a balance sheet strong enough. The mergers also hint at a coming shakeout. The average American household subscribes to four streaming services. After the pandemic, most are likely to spend less time at home in front of their screens. Which services will they cancel? No investor wants it to be their firms. Going green. Net zero by 2050. Can the world reach, quote, net zero carbon dioxide emissions in the next 30 years? The International Energy Agency, an intergovernmental forecaster, thinks so, but it will be difficult. Yesterday, the IEA released a, quote, roadmap detailing the policies and innovations that countries would have to pursue. These include an immediate halt to all new oil and gas exploration projects and an unprecedented switch to renewable energy. The IEA predicts that 630 gigawatts of solar power and 390 gigawatts of wind power would have to be added to the world's supply each year until 2030. By comparison, just 280 gigawatts of renewable energy capacity of all types was added in 2020. Such a dramatic energy transition would require $5 trillion of investment annually versus just over $2 trillion today. Such changes may seem unimaginable. In many countries, they will be. But last week, Spain's parliament approved a bill banning new fossil fuel exploration. Other countries could follow suit, albeit not at the speed the IEA's path would require. The Macron Plan France's Economic Summit for Africa Face-to-face diplomacy returned to Paris yesterday as African and other world leaders gathered at the invitation of President Emmanuel Macron to discuss how to finance the continent's economic recovery from the pandemic. The International Monetary Fund says that between 2021 and 2025, governments in sub-Saharan Africa will need extra assistance to fill a financing gap the amount they need to spend for which funds remain unidentified and might not materialise of some $285 billion. The French president wants a quote new deal for the continent, including a moratorium on debt payments during the pandemic and better access to finance for small businesses and startups. Summiteers called for the transfer of future IMF quote special drawing rights from richer countries to African ones. Following a separate summer on Sudan on Monday, Mr Macron also hopes that the latest get-together will put French diplomacy back on the map, at a time when it is increasingly being eclipsed by America's re-engagement with the world. On trial Judicial independence in Poland The European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg today considers the case of Grzenda v Poland. The hearing will add to international scrutiny of the Polish government's overhaul of the judiciary, which critics say undermines the rule of law. The reforms cut short the term of Jan Grzenda, a judge at the Polish Supreme Administrative Court on the public body responsible for judicial appointments. 
The overhaul, pushed through by the governing right-wing Law and Justice PIS party, has been challenged by the European Commission and, recently, the ECHR. On May 7th, in a separate case, the court ruled that a Polish company had been denied a proper hearing by the illegal appointment of a constitutional court judge sworn in by Andrzej Duda, the PIS allied president. The ECHR's judgments are binding on Council of Europe members, such as Poland. Yet given PIS's record of shrugging off international criticism, don't hold your breath waiting for it to comply. Idiot Wind Bob Dylan's Biographers Bob Dylan, singer-songwriter and Nobel Literature Laureate, celebrates his 80th birthday next week. Abstruse lyrics, a controversial shift from folk to rock in the mid-1960s and, later, zealous experimentations with Christian music, have combined to make Mr Dylan an elusive subject for biographers. Two Dylan experts have clashed recently as they tried to promote their own accounts of the Bard. In The Double Life of Bob Dylan, published yesterday, Clifton Hyland refers to his rival Howard Soons as, quote, semi-literate and a, quote, professional dirt digger. Mr Soons, who is marketing a 20th anniversary edition of his best-selling Dylan biography, Down the Highway, has hit back by calling Mr Hyland, quote, a clunky, self-indulgent writer whose books are, quote, incredibly boring. Mr Dylan floats above the fray, but he once quipped of his chroniclers, quote, these so-called connoisseurs of Bob Dylan music, I don't feel they know a thing or have any inkling of who I am and what I'm about. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Abraham Pace, who was born on this day in 1918. To make a discovery is not necessarily the same as to understand a discovery. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.